When we looked into the long list of payment methods you have as a consumer these days, uh, we actually saw, as we also worked in the card industry, that cards uh, have by far the strongest consumer protection framework. back to another episode of Incheck with Fintech. Today we have the pleasure to be joined by Thomas Mueller. Thomas is the CEO and one of the co-founders of Rivero, a fast-growing European company offering unique SaaS solutions for fraud recovery, dispute management, and payment scheme compliance. As the former CISO of a large Swiss card issuer, Thomas has a proven track record in security as well as product design and software engineering. Enjoy listening! Thomas, welcome and great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. Really happy to to meet you. Uh, first of all, I've uh, heard about Rivero and it has an exciting story. So I'm really happy to dive into the company first, the product or the two products that you actually have. You know, talk a bit about your story as a founder as well at the end of this. Um, so I will start directly with asking what is Rivero? Sure. Um, so Rivero is a fintech startup uh, located in Zurich, uh, Switzerland. Uh, what we do is we build uh, software as a service products for the financial industry, uh, meaning our customers are uh, uh, banks, uh, 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 all types of different banks, banks that uh, issue uh, payment cards, uh, banks that are in the business of uh, enabling merchants to accept uh, payments, so pretty much all the banks that are somehow involved into the uh, world of payments. Interesting. And could you give us a few details about the company itself? You're still a startup. How many people do you employ right now? What specific is your niche and where did Rivero start? Sure, sure. I'd love to. So um, we are um, what I would uh, call a, a boutique, right? So we really focused on this uh, on this payment industry, on this uh, making uh, payment operations more uh, efficient with these with these products. So we are um, around uh, twenty five people. Uh, most of us are located uh, really uh, at the office in in Zurich, but of course, as these days, it's common, especially also in the engineering domain. We also have a couple of people working for us uh, uh, fully, fully remotely. Um, uh, we started Rivero in uh, late uh, 2019, um, so 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 roughly uh, 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 four years ago, um, and yeah, have uh, come uh, quite uh, quite a way since then. Interesting. You started in Corona time. How did that affect your early your early years? Um, actually, in, in, in retrospect, it's even uh, hard to say to what extent it impacted us. I mean, certainly, of course, like every other company that tries to sell uh, solutions, we were not able to have a lot of these meetings in person, but all of them uh, uh, online. Um, uh, our assumption is that especially, you know, if you sell into a highly regulated industry, such as the, the, the financial industry, I think it would have been beneficial for us to be able to take these meetings in in, in person. But maybe on the other side, um, also banks, of course, had to adjust the way they work and, and, and online meetings became the standard. Um, so, yeah, luckily uh, we succeeded in uh, finding customers and closing uh, contracts nevertheless. Amazing. So a double-edged sword, so to say. 
Yes, exactly, precisely. Because exactly, the benefit is uh, you can do, of course, sales therefore uh, more efficiently. We also closed already deals uh, outside of our home market, Switzerland, so uh, in many European countries. And those were all done by our sales team located in uh, Switzerland, which maybe in uh, pre-corona times would have been even harder because there would also have been a high expectation of uh, meeting uh, the prospect uh, on site. So exactly like you say, it potentially even came with uh, some benefits. Indeed, indeed. And I will definitely want to know more about a few things you said. So obviously the founding story will will go at the end, uh, we'll go back in time at the end of the podcast, but I want to um, drill down into your niche. So you mentioned payments niche, you're making, you, you mentioned payment operations more efficient. And I know that Rivero has two products to the market right now. Um, could you walk us through them briefly? Sure, absolutely. So uh, exactly like you mentioned, uh, we operate on a, a product uh, suite strategy, meaning we have uh, uh, multiple products, which may be somewhat uh, um, unconventional for, for, for a startup, um, but um, they are also, they also exist for uh, a strategic reason and due to the fact that, of course, it's always complex uh, to sell complex products uh, to banks. Um, so the first product we launch into the market is called uh, Kayo. Uh, Kayo is a solution that helps banks to manage their uh, license they have with uh, relevant uh, payment uh, networks. Um, and the other product uh, we have is called uh, Amico, and that's a solution for uh, digital uh, fraud recovery and, uh, uh, and dispute uh, management. Which one was first, by the way? Uh, Kaio was first. Uh, Kaio is a somewhat smaller okay. product and was launched uh, first to also give us an opportunity to uh, sell that into banks and then uh, expand and cross-sell uh, to, to Amico from there. Indeed. Kaio is also, from my knowledge, an, a Greenfield project. It really brings innovation into the space, right? Uh, exactly. So, so um, to our own surprise, um, uh, we haven't uh, found to this date uh, really a competitor uh, for what we do with Acayo. Uh, so there are no other solutions out there that really focus on this domain of uh, compliance with um, the, 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 the payment, um, the payment uh, network. Of course, you have a lot of uh, solutions that deal with general compliance and banking compliance, but really nothing in the domain of payments. Uh, uh, which we then also um, identified as a as a great opportunity to to do something in in in, in that niche. It seems quite complex as well, though. And then selling into Bex is another challenge in itself. Could Absolutely. you exactly yes? Um, could you tell me about Kayo's details? What's the added value there? How does it work for someone that let's say has never heard about it? Sure, sure, absolutely. And maybe there I can even start with trying to draw a bit of a, a, a knowledge there. Um, because mm -hmm. so first of all, if you think of uh, payment networks uh, or payment schemes, that they're, as they're sometimes called, uh, such as MasterCard and Visa, it's important to understand that the way they uh, operate is essentially a, a franchise uh, model, meaning not unlike um, how, mass, uh, how uh, McDonald's and, and, and Starbucks and, and, and such companies try to um, establish a, 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 global, a, a global reach. 
Um, that means um, the banks that participate um, in, in the MasterCard and Visa network, for example, your bank that you have your MasterCard or Visa debit or credit card uh, from is uh, a licensee. Um, and therefore, uh, you have to uh, stay, first of all, informed and updated with all the announcements uh, from, from, from the scheme. But at the same time, um, and there are also a lot of uh, changes to those uh, franchise rules um, where it's quite important for a licensee to stay um, uh, compliant uh, with. Um, and we found that uh, today pretty much every bank does this in a very manual error-prone process of manually downloading these announcements from uh, the scheme uh, uh, portals and then screening them and sending them around uh, via email in the organization, keeping <laughs> track of it in a spreadsheet. So it's really um, a no fun process and, and also I think quite an error prone uh, process. And uh, yeah. what IO does is exactly um, uh, taking this into a piece of software. Um, uh, uh, so we source all the relevant information. Our engine in Kayo can automatically detect what is relevant for you as a bank, what isn't. And we can even break that down to the person within the bank that is in charge of a process or application or policy that is impacted by this announcement and inform that person directly and give that person a task um, so that um, the risk and compliance team within the bank has a has a dashboard where they see their current and future uh, compliance uh, state. Okay, so it seems pretty complex. I mean, I think the whole compliance domain is pretty complex. You need to be up to date with loads of changes. So to have a better understanding, so you have a platform or an easy to use platform that you integrate easily with the bank you you know you feed data from the bank itself and then you have a database that runs on the internet or how are you staying up to date with all the compliance requirements that are out yeah yeah that's a great question so uh, in in order to uh, to build a product such as Kayo um, as a SaaS solution and maybe that is actually the reason why there uh, is no uh, competition in the market so far is um, mm -hmm. it, it requires much more than uh, you know software engineering uh, capabilities you really have to have people that actually understand the content of these announcements because what yes. we do is we source, we ourselves with our operations team, we receive those announcements for MasterCard and Visa, and by the way, also other networks, you know, Amex, China Union Pay, Discover, uh, you name it. Um, and then it's our experts really putting those into uh, the database, uh, even enriching, uh, uh, even writing uh, uh, summaries and giving some additional guidance as these announcements can sometimes be uh, written in a bit of a cryptic way. And then, however, uh, really the machine takes over and our engine uh, can then uh, automatically find out based on the configuration of each of the customer's tenant uh, for whom this is now uh, uh, relevant. But yeah, like I said, it's software as a service, but it also, so to speak, comes behind the scenes with this managed service where really humans employed at uh, Rivero uh, take care of uh, having high quality uh, data in the platform. Yes, because you need experts, obviously, to interpret that. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and, and feed it to the system, basically. Do I identify a bit of an AI technology behind there, or is it 
Not yet. Um, it, it, it is. <laughs> not um, the case. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> as we like to say, it's it's 100% human intelligence. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, okay. Okay. Believe mm -hmm. In some areas is superior. But of course, I think you have the right intuition here. Of course, there are, I would say, sub steps in the process that certainly um, have, uh, 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 where there certainly is opportunity uh, to address them with AI, especially with these. Uh, uh, trend around the large language models, uh, but as of today, also because this is a quite an important compliance topic, you don't want to probably leave it to an AI model, you know, to let's say give the guidance. So it's really humans doing that. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think going forward into the future, there's certainly some potential there um, to also have some AI powered uh, features in Kyle. Indeed, indeed. And um, I think, yeah. In, in every workflow or in any product, there could be some integrations. And uh, I think that is the future in general. So very much looking forward to that, I would say, with, with Kayo. I'm curious going uh, forward to your second product. Um, you mentioned that it was kind of a result or a an, an opportunity that you identified through Kayo. How did Amico come about and what is the nature of the product? Sure. Um, so really, the, the, the motivation behind uh, Amico is um, that if you, when we looked, you know, into the, into the long list of kind of like payment methods you have as a, as a consumer these days, um, we actually saw, as we also worked in the card industry, that actually cards uh, have by far um, the strongest consumer protection uh, 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 framework, meaning um, when you use cards uh, to to pay for goods, you are uh, uh, the, you have the best protection in case uh, something goes wrong. Now, uh, maybe also to you and to a lot of listeners, maybe this might come uh, as a surprise because, uh, in fact, uh, uh, most people that also I talk to uh, uh, privately um, don't don't know about this, and the, the reason why most people uh, actually don't know about this protection is because typically banks don't actively uh, promote that. Um, and we find found out that the main reason why this is not actively promoted um, has uh, mostly to do with the fact that this uh, dispute management, uh, meaning uh, getting the money back for the consumer, is a rather complex uh, process in the bank's uh, back office. And it's usually also quite a communication-heavy uh, uh, undertaking um, uh, uh, that is today with most banks uh, also quite uh, uh, manual uh, to the degree that some banks literally send uh, actual letters back and forth uh, as part of this uh, uh, process. And then we found, uh, look, this is a great opportunity both to make it better for you, the consumer, uh, the person that has the card, but also way, way more efficient uh, and therefore cost saving for uh, for the bank. So from my understanding, this is a B2B2C product. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And how would it, how does it look like? Let's say I'm the consumer, I want my money back. Is Amico a platform that I would directly go to, or is it a white label that the bank uses to communicate with the consumer um, or it, with me? Yeah, exactly. Great question. So, no, it's it's the later, and I think that's quite key in this industry. Uh, so, so, so even though 
basically the, 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 the system that you are going to interact with, uh, our domain-specific uh, chatbot uh, uh, that talks to you, um, comes um, uh, out of our product. So it's us taking care of, uh, you know, even all the different languages that we support and, and all the different flows that this chatbot supports. However, you as a customer of a bank that uses Amico, you have no idea you're interacting with Amico because mm -hmm. uh, A, it's quite crucial that it's uh, the bank uh, 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 that, that does it and their look and feel. And it also needs to be perceived by the consumer as a great service offered by their uh, bank. So the way this works is we offer um, an API, uh, a chat API, that allows the bank to quite easily integrate this capability into their existing digital channels, meaning their mobile banking app or their e-banking uh, portal. Okay, so it's both mobile and web. Yes, it's omni-channel, so it's uh, that's also the, the benefit of uh, basically, you know, defining the API as the handover point, uh, so, so to speak. And then it's really entirely up uh, how the bank uh, uh, leverages um, basically this chatbot, or we call it the virtual agent uh, that you're interfacing with. In fact, we have even customers that also use our virtual agent not only uh, towards the consumer, their, uh, 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 their, their customers, but they even use it internally towards the front office people so that even yeah. if you would nevertheless call uh, for whatever reason, not use their app, that then the person working in the front office is guided by our virtual uh, agent uh, to, to, to take in all the required information to actually then, uh, uh, you know, file their claim and, and get their money back. So practically, you mentioned that this process can be tedious, can be long. Does Amico improve that process and what are the results in time? Yeah, it's quite significantly. So um, um, what, what we do, um, what probably makes um, the biggest difference is that um, um, today you would start the process as a consumer by filling out uh, a, a, a paper form, a PDF form or, or, or best case an online form, right? And the first problem there is there's no guidance for you. So you can typically make a lot of mistakes in filling uh, out the form, which then requires the bank to even uh, check back with you, get some in additional information, uh, etc. And with our uh, conversational approach, meaning with our chat-based approach, uh, we can make sure there's only ever a case created for the back office employee at the bank if the consumer has provided all the needed statements and potentially documents that are required for this specific uh, uh, dispute uh, scenario. Um, um, so that is already a massive uh, change in terms of efficiency and making the process simpler. But at the same okay. time, whenever you collect it all digitally, of course, it unlocks a huge uh, opportunity for automation. In fact, with Amico, if the bank wants us to do that, we can even fully automate then based on uh, your chat with our bot, basically uh, 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 sending this information into the payment network and potentially already uh, uh, triggering a, a refund to your card, meaning you might be reimbursed without anybody at the bank having to uh, uh, even click a button. Okay, 
Well, see, that's, that's very interesting indeed. That's very interesting indeed. Are you looking for a payments conference to attend this year? Look no further and join the number one European conference and community for merchant payments in Berlin this March. Join three days of a high-quality program, get the brand exposure you seek, network with C-level executives, meet over 1,400 participants, hear from more than 160 speakers, or join the prestigious MPE Awards. At MPE, you can meet global merchant payment companies all in one place. Say yes to MPE 2024 and register now at merchantpaymentsecosystem.com. Don't wait, seats are limited. I attended a fintech conference two weeks ago, Seamless, and I attended a presentation when we were talking where, where yeah, the talk was um, customer service and AI and chatbots and so on. Um, and there was a trend, an interesting trend there that was mentioned that people still want to speak to a real person <laughs> behind the chatbot. Do you see that as well? Is it, a, let's say, addressed by Amico or is this mainly a guide for the documents and then, you know, creating a charge back or yeah. How, how do you see this play out in your business at the moment? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly something, uh, to be aware of that, um, unless you are a bank that is uh, born entirely, uh, digital and by definition doesn't even have a call center. Um, uh, 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 for everybody else, um, you will still have to offer the, let's call them legacy channels as well. I think it would not be mm -hmm. great customer service if you say like, uh, well, only because I now have it as a self-service in the app, you cannot call me anymore about it or send uh, a letter to me. And that's why in, in Amico, uh, as a dispute management system, uh, using the self-service component, of course, is uh, highly recommended from our side because for sure it's the most efficient way of doing it. Uh, but uh, we also support that cases are created by uh, the bank employees uh, 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 manually, for example, based on having received the call or having um, uh, received uh, 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 an email. So in, in, in that case, we, we are flexible. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, um, what we also try to do with the chatbot is that the chatbot potentially also serves uh, the front office uh, part of the bank, meaning if the consumer still uh, prefers to call, nevertheless, uh, the result is a uh, full, fully digital case in the, in the back office. Yes. So you are basically behind the lines and supporting both both sides exactly exactly at the end um for amico it doesn't then matter for the actual case handling whether the case came from the chatbot from self-servicing or uh, was created by the agent of course cases are that are created via self-servicing in the chatbot uh, they have a higher potential to be uh, uh, automated i think for for obvious reasons right because they are by definition fully pre-filled Whereas in case of a manually created case, uh, there the back office agent would still have to, uh, you know, feed Amico with some of the data that you put on uh, the, the, the the dispute form, for example. Indeed, it seems like interesting technology. You know, this is um, cutting edge. You're probably going to involve some AI. It's a chatbot and so on. But I also heard from our story until now that banks, you know send manual emails with updates, they, they send letters back and forth. What are the challenges for you as a software as a service company to sell into this legacy business? Yeah, great question. 
So, um, of course, I think you have the general business uh, development or sales challenges, which is to um, find the right people within the bank, within the organization to, to talk to. And also, as sometimes, of course, you have to approach them uh, with, a, with a cold reach out. Sometimes we have, you know, an existing uh, relationship or network. Uh, in fact, we are even a partner of Visa. So Visa, uh, we are uh, the first and only uh, startup in Switzerland um, that has been added to the Visa FinTech uh, Connect uh, program, uh, where now also Visa, Visa actively recommends our products and helps us with uh, generating leads. Um, but in general, it's it, it's not easy, of course, to find the, the right people within um, the organization. Um, and then the second challenge, after you had the chance to show your product and to demo the product, which, which usually then means the people from uh, the domains where the dispute management happens are quite excited um, about Amico. But of course, then you have to go through all, uh, satisfy all the other stakeholders within the banks. Um, including uh, their security and compliance teams, but also their IT teams. And of course, that can be sometimes uh, challenging because banks are sometimes still a bit more conserv conservative, conservative when it comes to um, uh, adopting uh, SaaS solutions. And also, we always are then faced with uh, some questions around uh, privacy and data security, uh, but uh, there we usually have uh, pretty good uh, answers. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And so you've been quite successful until now. How many clients do you have? If that's let's say public information. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just fully public, but there's also uh, no problem for me uh, to talk openly about that. Um, so, so we already have more than 20 uh, banks that, that, that work with us, um, uh, both in our home market, Switzerland, but also uh, across uh, Europe. Um, and the, the, the customer footprint we already have outside of Switzerland, we have built purely with uh, the sales uh, team uh, we have here in Switzerland. But certainly the next phase of the company is to uh, establish a, a sales team and a local presence in, in, in some additional strategic European uh, markets um, to, uh, uh, to, to really bring Cayo uh, and Amico to more and more banks uh, uh, across Europe. But ultimately, our ambition um, is as large as becoming a, a global player, because unlike probably um, uh, uh, most fintech startups, our products are not at all specific to a given market. So we don't have any, um, you know, country-specific uh, 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 implementations. So literally, a bank in uh, the US could use Kayo tomorrow in a bank in Singapore could use uh, Amico tomorrow. But of course, also there's a startup, you have to uh, 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 pick your battles, right? And go into uh, the markets uh, step by step. Indeed. So we've talked about your markets. I'm wondering what other opportunities you're seeing out there. We've seen um, a bit of a hard year in general for FinTech. I would say there's been less deals, less investments. But uh, but things are still boiling, especially in the embedded finance space. So there's still opportunities out there. Are you looking at expanding your product base or is it for now just growth and stabilizing the business as is? Um, um, no, in fact, um, we, we actually uh, look into both 
uh, further growing uh, our existing business with the existing product lines. I, I would say that's clearly the focus probably for the next one, two years. But we do, in fact, um, have um, a list of additional ideas uh, to, to yep. go even, let's say, uh, further down into the payment uh, value chain. Uh, and we will get started on a third product uh, 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 pretty soon. Uh, so probably either uh, very late this year or early next year, we intend to, to work on a, on a third product because we believe, especially on the issuing side of things, you know, for the issuer banks, there are still a very few innovative um, uh, SaaS solutions available and there we see a lot of uh, opportunity and room for uh, additional offerings from Rivero um, but um, and it's it's too easy for me to already share uh, uh, what the third product will be. <laughs> yeah no 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 We're, we'll stay tuned for that one for sure and exactly you we know, can do we, we can have another uh, uh, call maybe in half a year or a bit more and exactly. talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Looking forward, looking forward to that one. Um, we went over, you know, your clients. It's been four years now. You've been successful. Your products are innovative. You're getting traction. It all seems so easy, you know, falling from one to the other. <laughs> but I, I suspect you had some challenges in in this time. And I'm really curious for our listeners out there who might want to switch to entrepreneurship or maybe have that idea, see the gap in the market, but are kind of scared to, to jump in it. I'm very curious to hear more about your personal story. Um, where did you start? You know, what did you study and what was the catalyst for just going and switching to entrepreneurship, you know, taking the risk of, of, of starting Rivero. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'm ha happy to share uh, my my story there. Um, uh, as I'm also, uh, when, before I started and, and still to this day, I also am uh, always inspired by um, the story of others. Uh, so I think it's nice to to share that. Um, and let me start by saying, uh, you know, I think the fear is justified. <laughs> So um, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think um, probably if you don't have some fear before uh, you do it, uh, you, you, you're probably, how to say, um, uh, 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 too optimistic. And that can also be dangerous because you might be blind uh, for certain uh, uh, risks and also your personal shortcomings. But at the same time, I always say it's quite important to have people that are probably even to some extent somewhat naive um, uh, mm -hmm. because because if uh, everybody that decides to start a company would already be fully aware of what it actually means and what uh, uh, what uh, you know hardship uh, is going to come their way probably a lot of people won't do it and that would be a huge loss right uh, 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 because yes much fewer companies will probably exist. So um, my um, my uh, career uh, was uh, originally, I would say, kind of like the, a bit the typical one, right? So my, my, my background is in computer science. Um, then I specialized in, in cybersecurity, which certainly is also quite an interesting field and also a field Indeed. that uh, source, uh, sees uh, uh, constant growth, right? Um, yes. 
Um, and then I worked for, for different uh, companies, first more uh, security engineering, then later more the, uh, the more uh, management consulting around security, so more the uh, strategic part of cybersecurity. Um, and I very much enjoyed that and I do enjoy the topic of cybersecurity to this, uh, to this day. Um, um, however, um, I then had the great opportunity to become uh, the chief information security officer of one of the largest uh, uh, issuing uh, banks here, here in Switzerland, um, uh, a company that basically um, uh, takes care of the card payment um, uh, business for many, many yep. uh, banks in Switzerland, because some of the banks are also yep. too small to do that by themselves. And this really was my my intro into the financial industry and into the card industry. Um, and I also there had the chance to then besides security, be involved in many, many interesting uh, uh, projects. But I found that um, pretty soon that a lot of the things that are done um, uh, in payments feel like they are at least uh, uh, 20 years old, uh, both in terms of technology and maybe also the way they, they are done. Um, and that led to, to a lot of frustration because in general, and I, I have no problem admitting that I'm somewhat uh, impatient uh, person. So, so I was always had a bit of a hard time, you know, uh, 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 accepting like a response from the partners we worked with that well, building this little feature will take, um, I don't know, you know, half a year and will cost uh, one, one million. And then I always thought uh, that can't really be, you know, uh, how, how can this be so, um, uh, so complex and so uh, inflexible. And then um, really the, the founding story of uh, Rivero and my motivation to start a company was pretty much driven by um, kind of like uh, almost the disbelief that this can't be done uh, better um, and kind of like maybe similar to other B2B uh, founder stories that we said um, uh, back then, we would have wished um, uh, that there would be more uh, uh, fintechs uh, out there that have great solution to tackle these problems. But we always found on, on the issuing bank side there are very few uh, uh, startups active compared to you know the more acquiring or acceptance side of the of the business, um, and 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 then we decided uh, uh, you know at some point maybe uh, 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 better to keep complaining about all the things that go wrong. Uh, it's maybe better to be part of the solution or at least you know at least uh, bring a, a small contribution uh, to, to 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 that solution and then. I was also lucky, and I think that's quite important, to then meet the the right people um, while working um, yes. at, at, at the issuing bank um, uh, that shared, you know, similar uh, ideals and also from a personality point of view uh, seemed to be a good fit because I also have to uh, say, um, uh, even though I always had, I think, this drive or this desire to start my own company, but I certainly wouldn't have done it uh, all by myself. So it was also quite um, important to uh, uh, meet my co-founders uh, at the right moment in, in my life mm -hmm. and then uh, together have the confidence to, uh, to, to, to go on this journey. You were all colleagues at the issuing bank. 
Exactly. We all work together. Um, and I think that's also quite crucial. I would say, even though there are many uh, stories around co-founders, both where it worked and where it didn't work uh, in many different setups. But I do believe that you have a somewhat better chance at success if you already have some experience working with each other instead of, you know, in quotes, just liking each other and having had, you know, uh, a couple of drinks together. Because, um, yeah, you know, building a company together uh, is hard. You're not always going to agree on everything. Um, uh, and yes. so it's good if you have some experience already how also uh, your co-founders will act uh, under pressure and when things uh, don't go well. Indeed. And you are then how many co-founders? Um, so it was three co-founders, um, which three I also founders. think is a, is, is a good amount. Um, 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 and, uh, I, I would, I mean, I'm not a serial entrepreneur, uh, at least not yet. Um, um, so <laughs> I, I don't want to claim, uh, that I have now acquired, you know, uh, all the knowledge and best practices, but at least for us, that felt quite right. Um, the amount of co-founders also given that we had quite a complementary uh, skill set. Uh, 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 I was more on the technical side, right? More on the computer science side. Um, then we had a person that was more also having a bit uh, an already stronger uh, business angle. Uh, 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 and then another person that had already some experience in starting an organization, even though not a fintech startup, uh, but just also the whole you know, let's say more behind the scenes, uh, scenes administrative uh, finance angle. So I think it was just also a pretty, um, yeah, great setup in terms of uh, understanding each other, right? Sharing the same vision for these products, but it mm -hmm. was almost natural then who would take up uh, which responsibility, which could otherwise also lead to, uh, you know, um, uh, discussions and tension. Uh, yeah, exactly, tensions. Yeah. I'm not sure if you want to share this, but was the, is the issuing bank that you are working for now your client? Yes. Yes, they are. They are. Exactly. Exactly. And we always, of course, get asked that uh, also by uh, yeah. other uh, customers or whenever we talk yeah. to uh, an investor. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes, in fact, we also managed to then um, turn our former uh, employer into a customer, which we are quite uh, proud. Um, some some people think, um, uh, always then want to discount that in the sense of like, yeah, but isn't it quite obvious that your former employer becomes a customer? I would say it's, uh, it's far from being obvious because, well, first of mm -hmm. all, you leave them in order to start your own company, yes. right? Maybe they would have rather had you uh, still working for them. And then at the same time, because then people are very careful to not uh, be seen as, you know, they sign a contract with you to do you a favor. I would say they did uh, 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 certainly at least an as strong due diligence as everybody uh, else, because for them it was quite important. Some people from the senior management even, you know, redacted themselves from the process because I said like, well, I, I know you guys too, uh, uh, too good, too well. Uh, uh, you know, we have worked too long together. I rather uh, uh, exclude myself from the decision whether we are going to work with you. Uh, but yeah, I'm super proud uh, that we were able, isn't able uh, because basically now uh, uh, we are one of the suppliers to the company where in the past we suffered a bit from not having suppliers uh, such as us. And I think that's a, 
it's uh, yeah uh, 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 also of course very uh, satisfying for us. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. It must be very satisfying for you to see the problems that actually led you to start your business from that perspective, actually being implemented in helping your successors, basically in the bank. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. We're approaching the end, uh, Thomas. Unfortunately, um, we would definitely catch up. I would say in six months or one year to go over, you know, developments maybe that third product, you know, and see where you are, um, where you're at that point in time. Before we go, though, I want to ask you what is next for you and what's next for River? Um, so uh, n- next for me is certainly uh, uh, also a bit of a, uh, a change in, 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 in role as the company grows. Um, I'm quite aware that, you know, running a company of like 20, 25 people is something different than uh, if it's 40 or 50 people, which probably is our goal over the next two years uh, to, to roughly doubling size, uh, where um, it would drop probably also mean for myself to start focusing more on, in quotes, uh, the, the CEO duties. Uh, in the past, I was very heavily involved in also the product as I have a technical background. I think that will change, uh, have to change uh, for a certain extent. Uh, but um, that's also in a way the fun of uh, running a company, starting a company. You can also keep uh, evolving yourself as the company grows. Um, and yeah, for us uh, as a company, I think the next big step is to really um, also uh, build a, a, a strong uh, customer base uh, uh, across uh, Europe. That's our current uh, focus. Um, and uh, if we are successful in that, I think then we can put out, um, you know, uh, 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 the search for uh, what could be the market after that. Cool. Thomas, thank you very much was great to have this chat with you and we'll catch up at a later time i'm very much looking forward to that it was a pleasure talking to you thanks again uh, for having me today thank you thank you for listening to this episode of in check with fintech if you liked what you heard rate our podcast on spotify and follow us to get updated with our latest episodes are you looking for some exclusive content then don't forget to follow our linkedin page pcn and check out our website teampcn.com